Welcome back to the Turwee Show with me, Oliver Turwee. And today we have a very special guest, a friend of mine named Dana Brown. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're very happy to have you on, do something different. How have you been lately? I've been good. Uh, starting to get back in the old groove of life, I guess. Yeah. It's starting to dumb down a little bit. For sure, yeah. And then, as everyone listening knows, it's a new year, 2021. Do you have anything or any goals for the new year? Well, um, I'm hoping to start a business this year, a new art business. Oh, yeah. The... So, uh, commission, commission illustration. That that sounds great. Yeah, this, this guy, uh, to all of you listeners, he drew me an excellent art piece for my show. I'm going to have to post that on my Instagram and Twitter, so go check out the Twitter at Oliver underscore Tur and on Instagram at the Turwee Show. So, Dana, uh, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to be on the Turwee Show. Well, uh, I'm a little bit into drawing, uh, as you just heard, and uh, I have a little bit uh, different opinion than Oliver. And I thought it would be fun to mix it up a little bit, have a little bit of a discussion on politics and how the world is the way it is right now. Yeah, so for you listeners, if you look at my social medias and stuff like that, you know I live up in rural Minnesota. As you guys know, in more rural areas, it tends to be more conservative. And Dana actually comes from a city so that shows how geographic differences can lead to different political stances. So it'll be interesting to have a conversation, Dana and, I've, Dana and I may have differing opinions, but we've always been able to have civil discussions. But yeah, so Dana, I think it'd be interesting if we talked about where exactly we formed our political opinions from or what influenced you, and then I'll talk about what influenced me to get our opinions and to get where we think today um i i kind of grew up in a liberal democratic family family i guess that's where i got my opinions from my personal opinion on politics has been formed more recently because i've started to get into more news and politics and stuff like that like the recent presidential election, um, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, none of my listeners have ever heard this, but I'll kind of talk about how I formed my opinions and whatnot. So for the most part, I come from a conservative household. One side of my family is more conservative than the other, but I was never really, I never really heard much about politics growing up. Uh, I guess I really started to get into things back in 2016 when I heard some of my family talking about it, talking about Hillary Clinton and talking about President Trump. And then I'm also uh, religious, so um, back in 2016, some of the first things that I heard about were like women's right to abortion and that kind of thing. So I kind of went from there and I've been researching and reading and everything ever since 2016. And then I really started to get into 
politics this election cycle when I um, worked for some political campaigns and did some door knocking and so when and when you do door knocking you have to like know about the candidates and have have answers to questions that are asked so it really that for me helped me learn how to research things and learn how to figure things out but yeah my personal like you could say I'm 100% economically conservative but then on a social level it's I'm somewhat liberal on a social level but not completely if that makes any sense like I've talked about on the show the Republican Party isn't where I want it to be and it's not where a lot of people that identify as Republicans want it to be I think the Republican Party needs to start focusing on other things like health care for example I think if they focused on health focused a little bit more on health care we could pick up some support in the coasts and like the east coast the west coast up in Washington Oregon and then down in like New Mexico but if I think the Republican Party needs to broaden their horizons on what they on what they focus on like more like I said like health care and even some social issues in there and not just taxes and socialism like stopping socialism stop, like that kind of thing like obviously I agree with this the stuff that they do but they need to start focusing on different things in my opinion yeah well I don't entirely believe in everything that the Democrats are doing either like the recent cancel culture that has erupted from social media it's not entirely the right thing to do just uh, bully people without um, thinking about their point of view yeah exactly like anybody that identifies as a Republican or a Democrat or whatever I've never met a Republican that 100% agrees with everything that the Republican Party does and I've never met a Democrat that 100% agrees with everything that the Democratic Party does there's the the majority of the population falls in between somewhere so I think that the parties need to start focusing more on like that in between what can we do for everyone and not just these people and not just these people if that makes any sense yeah you have a, the political um, parties need to advocate for everyone rather than their specific factions inside their parties. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, all of you guys can go to my website, which is linked in my social media pages, but on there I wrote something that I called The New GOP, and I talked about how the Republican Party is or should be moving in a populist direction, which is focusing on uh, the people that don't feel like they have a voice heard. And I think President Trump, that's what really propelled his campaign back in 2016, being the voice for the unheard. And not many candidates portray that outlook. Barack Obama did back in 2008, and Bill Clinton did back in the day. But see, that's it just, it just, if they follow through on that is what really matters. Because pol- we all know politicians say things, and they talk really big, but not, uh, n- very few follow through on what they say they're going to do, which is a big problem. Yeah. See, 
in my opinion, like what Dan and I are doing here, that's what more people need to be doing. We need to have discussions about even small things like the parties. This is what you can unite people from differing opinions. I think that it's important to have discussion across, uh, like Republicans sh- shouldn't only talk to Republicans about issues and Democrats shouldn't only talk to Democrats about issues. You need to talk to each other to understand the other side. And I've always said that we need to talk to people on the other side to understand where they're coming from. You can't just say, oh, well, they're stupid. Well, you need to understand why they think the way that they do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, to advocate for everybody, you need to know where they're coming from and not just decide what what their decisions are for them. Yeah, exactly. So, as we all know, it's 2021, like I said earlier, and some big things maybe ha- will be happening this month. The inauguration of Joseph R. Biden, if that happens, which it's looking like it will. From my side, of course, there's always still hope that on the 6th something may happen. But it looks like Joe Biden will be inaugurated on the 20th at 12 p.m. So, Dana, what just what do you think, from your point of view, four years of Joe Biden will look like? Well, personally, from my point of view, I, I think it will be better than the last four years of uh, President Trump. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I think Joe Biden will do a good job with uniting both the parties, and I think he'll do a good job with um, healthcare and um, providing a voice for the unheard, just like President Trump for the young Republicans and Republicans who haven't had a voice uh, recently. Yeah, so, yeah, um, Biden campaigned on this, no red states, blue states, the United States, like like Barack Obama did back in 2008. And to to a lot of people, and to me, that's it sounds like it sounds good like it doesn't matter if you're republican if you're a democrat the president should speak for everyone but yeah a biden presidency if he does something good i'll stand behind that and i'll say good job i'll support you in that if he becomes president i'll support him or i won't necessarily support him but i'll want him to do a good job for everyone um, like I did b- back during Barack Obama. I mean, I wasn't be- into politics much, but I wasn't a fan of Barack Obama, even though I didn't know that much. But see, I wanted Barack Obama to do good things, do good things for everyone, uh, pass good legislation. And um, if Joe Biden does become president, I mean, let's hope that he does good stuff for everyone. And um, from or more in a moderate way from my side, because obviously I don't want pushing far left things, but I mean, it right now it basically uh, depends on what happens in Georgia on the fifth. I guess we could talk about that for a little bit, the Georgia runoffs, and uh, what you think is in store there. Well, I haven't been following them that much, but I have uh, watched a few debates, and uh, personally, I think. Uh, Maybe I think the Democrats will win one, and maybe the Republicans will win one. Maybe it'll go in the Democrats' favor, or maybe it'll go in the Republicans' favor. Um, you can't really uh, predict voters at this point because every poll is flawed in some way. 
Yep. And so uh, if I go back to when you said one might go to the Democrats and one might go to the Republicans, yeah, I can, I think, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I think that John Ossoff has no chance. I think David Perdue's easily going to win by maybe 4%, 5%. But uh, Kelly Loeffler, she, I'm not much of a fan of her myself, but... Like you said, it's hard to predict voters, and it dep- it all depends on turnout. I think um, Republican turnout might be high due to Trump supposedly losing the election. Just like back in 2018, the Democrats were able to flip the House because they were angry about the Trump presidency and the full Republican control. So when you have... Or when you have your voter base riled up, it's easy to get people out to vote. And it could favor the Democrats, too, with the continuing mail-in voting due to COVID-19. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. My assumption is that the Republicans will hold the Senate because I think David Perdue is going to win. But it's going to be close, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think uh, if the Republicans hold the Senate, it's going to be another four years of nothing getting done. Well, I mean, not, I guess, nothing, but... Uh, some big things like health care might get passed, or if Joe Biden does a good job in his uh, in his seat, he might unite the two uh, parties and make great legislation. Yeah, ex- so with the Senate, of course, you have Mitch McConnell in there. I, I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell. I've said that on the show. He's establishmentarian, extremely establishmentarian. He doesn't care about the people he represents. He just does things to serve the the donor class and special interests. But like he said the other day, I'm I'm just gonna paraphrase this because I don't remember remember the exact quote. But he said something about being like the Grim Reaper to all of Joe Biden's legislation and not letting anything pass. And obviously that it lands on other Republican senators, if they're going to stand behind some of the stuff that Biden wants to pass. And yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, if the Republicans hold the Senate, I don't think much is going to get done. Like the last two years of Trump's presidency, um, nothing big, like huge has happened. Not like the first two years with the tax cuts and everything like that. But if the Democrats are able to take the Senate... Well, for two years at least, they'd be able to get quite a bit done. The 2022 midterms looks like they're favoring Republicans in both the House and the Senate. But yeah, so the first two years are really up in the air. It all depends on what happens in Georgia, like I said. But so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Biden's presidency basically hinges on Georgia too, to see what he can get done, besides executive orders, of course. Yeah. Yep. So like I said earlier, I'm, I live up in Minnesota, so does Dana, and high school sports here are starting uh, regardless of COVID. There's going to be regulations, like I just read, uh, for basketball. I play basketball, Dana plays hockey. Basketball and hockey, during practices and competitions, you have to wear a mask while playing. Sounds kind of crazy to me. I don't know how I'm going to be able to run up and down the court with a mask on. I'm sure I'll figure it out, but... Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. What do you think of that, Dana? Well, specifically for hockey, it's going to be hard taking your mask on and off uh, when you're drinking water on the bench, when you're skating down and back on the ice, especially when you're a goalie. 
your mask is going to restrict your view when you're looking down, so you're going to have to look a little bit farther down when you're saving pucks. Well, I mean, for stick handling too, stuff like that, you're going to have to pay more attention to the ice. Yeah, and see, I don't, I don't know the exact like health ramifications of this, but I remember hearing back in during um, like the beginning of COVID in China, they had our school kids had to wear masks during FIED, and I had heard of lots of like passing out due to not enough oxygen and things like that. So, and I know high school sports have started throughout the country, like our neighbors to the west, North Dakota, started a few weeks ago, and they don't have these restrictions. And for the most part, I think North Dakota's going down, except for a small spike last week. But, uh, and I don't know throughout the country what states are doing and that kind of thing. But just because some of my listeners are younger people participating in sports, I thought we would talk about that. So, yeah, um... On my social media, you can say what you think about that, uh, comment on my posts, tell me what you think of that. But, yeah, I guess it'll just be interesting to see uh, see how long we can go without getting shut down, especially going playing other schools, especially schools that aren't doing as well as our school. For all of you listeners, Dana and I go to the same high school, and we're doing pretty well on COVID cases, I would say. No, Not in the student body that I know of. Yeah, I haven't heard of any either. Yeah, and we have the mask thing. You wear a mask always, uh, besides lunch, FIED. And then in one of our classrooms is in, is in an auditorium, so you don't have to wear yours in there because we can socially distance 12 feet apart or 6 feet or whatever it is. But, yeah, so there are some schools that don't do as well as ours, but that's just how it goes. Some people don't follow the rules, and they're... Things happen if you don't follow the rules. But yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm excited to start doing something again, that's for sure. Get out of the house. But... but um, to, to voice on the, the sports uh, hockey subject again, uh, I'm sure the Minnesota government knows what it's doing if they're... Uh, they know the consequences if uh, people are wearing masks, and I I think they're they know if they do this, there there's going to be uh, people who are going to have opposite opinions. But I I think they know it's necessary to stop the spread of uh, coronavirus. And yes, yeah, see, I have nothing against masks. I know there are some people that think they don't work. I think they work to a certain extent. I don't think that they're like the magical cure. But so I wear a mask at school, of course. When I go to the store, I wear a mask. But I mean it's i'm not gonna say like you absolutely have to wear a mask i mean it's up to you but i mean i think it's important and i like i can understand uh, like for basketball of course i play basketball dana plays hockey like i said on the sidelines obviously i think you should have a mask on while playing i mean i can see where they're coming from but just with the physical exertion i feel like it's gonna be a big like i'm i feel like i'm gonna like be breathing in my mask but uh that starts on monday so i guess we'll see what happens i'm we'll 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 adjust like we've adjusted to everything through this through 2020 and into 2021 i guess but vaccines are coming out like i've said on the show before they're continuing to get out people are getting vaccinated uh, in high numbers like healthcare workers and the highly susceptible 
But I, th- in my opinion, I think COVID is going to be under control this year by the by the looks of it with vaccines, um, herd immunity, everything like that. So I mean, I think that COVID's going in a good direction, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I certainly hope uh, the, all the people that can take the vaccine are going to to stop the spread even better. I guess it's it's kind of a win-win situation if you get the vaccine. You don't get the coronavirus. I guess that's just a win, but coronavirus kind of sucks when you get it. Yeah, I, I've known a few people with it. None in my immediate family or none of my close friends. But but yeah, I mean, the contact tracing sucks. Having it really sucks. I know, well, I've known a few people that have gotten super sick from it, not like on the verge of death or anything, but like just really sick, high fever. It's just not a good thing. So whether you take the vaccine or not, I've talked on the show, I mean, doesn't... I'm I'm not going to say anything about anti-vaxxers or people that vaccinate. It's not really my place to tell you what you're going to do um, with yourself or with your kids for those parents that are listening. But, I mean, if you think that it's good, take it. If you don't, I mean, do your thing. But, I mean, I like I said, I think we're going in a good direction COVID-wise. But, but yeah, so, I mean... That pretty much wraps up the show. I mean, Dana, do you have anything to say before we end it? No, I'm pretty pretty good. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on, Dana. Yeah, no problem. I would gladly come on any other time, too. Yeah, we'll have to get you on another time to talk about something, or if anything big happens, we'll for sure get you on. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I think it's important to have people from different viewpoints, whether we're talking politics or even like sports teams. It, it really doesn't matter, but just trying to understand where the other side is coming from, like I said. But yeah, thanks for coming on, Dana, and thank you all for listening to The Turwee Show with me, Oliver Turwee.